Hey everybody, and welcome to the Andy that's in the Bonnevilles podcast. Hope you're keeping well on this uh, Friday. Oh, is it May Day? Is it first of May? Check. Uh, yes, it is. Happy International Workers' Day. Okay. So, uh, welcome to the podcast. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about PPE and the coronavirus UK. Okay. So we'll do that and uh, let's just get to it. Okay, so first of all, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, tomorrow night I'm going to be doing, uh, Saturday, 2nd of May, I'm going to be doing a, a live stream on Facebook, a set of sort of covers and, uh, or sorry, half acoustic, half electric. I'm going to be doing a few interesting covers as well. They're a little, uh, I haven't given myself an easy task there. I'm trying to do a Sam Cooke song and a Soundgarden song and things like that. So they're uh, they're challenging, but that's good, right? And then, uh, so that's tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on Facebook. And then on Sunday night on Instagram at the same time, 8 o'clock. And then, uh, yeah, so I hope you can join me for that. It should be fun. Grab a beer and put your best gear on. and Because uh, we'll, we'll all be dressing up and... Janie's going to be here, going to be reading out your messages and things like that. That should be a lot of fun. And um, <clears throat> what else? So this week, I uh, I was asked to write an article, which I was delighted to do. I love writing. I like writing essays. I'm, I think I'm think I'm okay at it. And I got asked to write an article for a magazine about uh, protest music and socialism and... Uh, and, and all that, and how <clears throat> basically my take on it, and I think we're going to end up, we're going to be hitting a wave of protest songs, protest music, politically motivated music for the next generation. And uh, I wrote about uh, my my thoughts on that. So that was good. I enjoyed that a lot. I was given sort of two weeks to do it, and I knocked it out in a day and a half because I was, I was, well, I was motivated. Let me, let me put it that way. So, let's get to it. Uh, coronavirus. Listen, I know it's the thing. The it's, it's everyone's talking about it, and I don't even. I can't bear to watch the news, but the the I'm not. I'm I'm coming at it from more of a a, a, a socioeconomic perspective rather than the actual pandemic perspective which is contradictory, but there we go. So, basically, what I want to talk about is um, the UK, although, as you know, we're here in Ireland, in the north of Ireland, but uh, we're under the UK jurisdiction. So, we follow, uh, we take our cues from Whitehall. So, the UK has been woefully unprepared for, for this pandemic and when you hear people talking about it this is this this is the crux of what I'm get of, of what I want to start with when you hear people talking about it e- even when you hear the health secretary who is a fucking idiot as far as I'm concerned but when you when you hear these people talking about it they always say no one could see this coming um it's no one's fault blah blah blah, blah right bullshit that's what I'm getting to so, 
No one could see this coming. So. Have you heard of something called Exercise Cygnus? I'm sure you have by now. It's been in the news, but I've, I've been... Uh, I heard about it a while ago and I want to gather my thoughts on it. I wanted to gather my thoughts on it before I spoke about it. So, here's a report from the Daily Telegraph. And this is the thing that I'm... One of the things that I'm finding interesting about the reporting on things that are going on with the current Tory government, they're getting a lot of criticism from the right wing, which is surprising. Which to me is also a demonstration of how badly they're fucking things up. But... Here we go. So, Daily Telegraph, um, now this is from the end of March, but they broke this story. Exercise Cygnus uncovered the pandemic warnings buried by the government. So I'll read a little bit of this idea and then we'll talk about it. The ministers from across the government were seated ashen-faced in the cabinet office briefing room, Cobra, on a large flat screen. Epidemiologists from Imperial College London were showing a slide which detailed the scale of the epidemic that was enveloping Britain. The first cases of the virus had been confirmed in Southeast Asia two months previously. Britain reported its first cases imported from returning travellers a month later. Now there was widespread and sustained domestic transmission and the World Health Organization had declared a global pandemic. But it was not the pandemic itself that was causing those who gathered in Whitehall to grimace with the nation's woeful preparation. The peak of the epidemic had not yet arrived, but local resilience forums, hospitals and mortuaries across the country were already... Oh, microphone. Were already being overwhelmed. There was not enough personal protective equipment. PPE. The nation's doctors and nurses... For, for the nation's doctors and nurses... The NHS was about to fall over due to a shortage of ventilators and critical cure beds. Morgues were set to overflow and it had become terrifyingly evident that the government's emergency messaging was not getting traction with the public. Now, when was that? February? March? Two weeks ago? 2016. Ah, this was Exercise Cygnus. 2016. This was a drill codenamed Exercise Cygnus. It took place in October 2016 and involved all major government departments, the NHS, local authorities across Britain. The modelling for the outbreak was prepared by the same team that is tracking the all too the same team that was tracking the all too real COVID-19 pandemic, as the Sunday Telegraph reveals. It showed gaping holes in Britain's emergency preparedness, resilience and response EPRR plan. The only significant difference between the test drill and the pandemic we now face is that Cygnus was assumed to be a H2N2 influenza virus, while COVID-19 is a coronavirus. Both spread rapidly and kill by causing acute respiratory illness. Uh, so, that's it. So when you hear the government and the ministers uh saying things like no one could see this coming they are lying they are blatantly lying the government that now fair enough it's not boris johnson but it wouldn't have been any different 
He didn't do anything anyway. We got warned about this. The WHO warned the world about this in January. The UK did nothing. It did nothing. How do I know? Can I prove that? Yes. Check this out. So. The WHO warns the world about the coronavirus. They get the first report from China in, 20, in January. And then the first deaths start getting reported in January. By the time we get through to February, Italy's fucked. March, it's everywhere, right? That's the sort of the timeline. So it's two months. But forget about two months. We had four years. This was four years ago. 2016, October 2016, three and a half years ago. We did nothing, right? And I'm not, I don't, that's not hyperbole. I don't mean that we did stuff but it didn't work. We did fuck all. Nothing. And I mean, the UK did nothing. Now, bear in mind, the NHS was, is, has, up until now, has been run at capacity. We have been redlining the NHS. It's like sitting rev in a car, just putting your foot on an accelerator and expecting it to be able to... Just driving it down the motorway in first gear at 50 mile an hour and expecting it not to blow up. That's what we've been doing to the NHS. Now, this is a part of our austerity measures that go back to 2000 and the 2010 or 2008 financial collapse. Austerity gets brought in 2010, isn't it? Something like that. And we've been running the NHS down ever since. And we have been running it down because it's a part of the, the privatisation um. It's a part of the uh, the process of privatisation. Uh, defund, run down, privatise. That's what you do. Do it with your local library. You run your local library down. You defund it. It gets shit. Then they say, ah, like, we're just going to close it down. No one cares because it's shit. Everyone goes, it's shit anyway. Who cares? Right? That's what we're doing. That's what we've been doing to the NHS. Now, uh, 2016... We run this Operation Cygnus. The NHS, by design, is being redlined. It's operating at capacity. Op Operation Exercise Cygnus happens 2016. That leaves two, three, three and a half years for the government to get prepared. And they did nothing. Nothing. And I'm going to tell you, they did worse than nothing. They were complicit. And now they're out there on the news saying things like, no one could see this coming. Clearly, you did see it coming, and you chose. They chose to do nothing. This is a part of this libertarian, neoliberal approach to politics. Hands off. The market The market will deal. Uh, the market will have all the answers. This Ayn Rand, hyper-capitalism, neoliberal bullshit that doesn't fucking work. Listen... If you let the free market decide how many pairs of socks you can choose from or what type of jeans you want to buy or do you want to buy these trainers or those trainers? Fuck it. I don't care about that. But this is the NHS. This is public health care and public education and all the public services that we need to op that we need to call our society a society. Our society is not our genes. Our society is not our trainers. It's our neighbours, our education, our hospitals, our safety. 
this is what our society is. So let the free market have all that other shit. This other stuff, hands off. Hands off. So, to my point, not only, not only did the government not do anything, they did less than not do anything. Let me read this to you. This is from an article in The Guardian. This was a few weeks ago as well. Revealed private firm running UK PPE stockpile was sold in the middle of the pandemic. So, I don't know if you've ever heard of this company. Movianto. I'd never heard of them. Why would you? I think they're a German company. Movianto. Uh, so. Okay, so. This article meanders a little bit, but I'll, I'll just give you the first part of it. The warehouse appears unremarkable except for its size. Just off a motorway on an industrial estate in Merseyside sits a 35,000 square metre purpose-built warehouse with 20 loading docks to enable the storage and rapid distribution of hundreds of millions of face masks, aprons, gowns, gloves and body bags. Ooh, that last one's a little bit... Uh Creepy, isn't it? So, for security reasons, the Guardian has been asked to not disclose the precise location of the UK's stockpile of personal protective equipment, PPE, for use in the pandemic. Now, this is from a couple of weeks back. It has been stored on a site where builders moved the equivalent of more than 90 Olympic-sized swimming pools of earth. Love that as a measure. Um, to make way for a vast climate-controlled warehouse. However, the Guardian can reveal... That the management and distribution of the stockpile has been outsourced to a private company, Movianto, which was sold two weeks ago for 133 million by its owner, a large US healthcare group. Now that last paragraph should surprise no one and terrify everyone. I'll read it again. The Guardian can reveal that the management and distribution of the stockpile has been outsourced to a private company, Movianto, which was sold two weeks ago. By its owner, a large US healthcare group. The fact that Movianto was being sold in the midst of a global pandemic, in the middle of this thing, when we were on, on the slope up, when we were, we hadn't had our peak, they sold the fucking company that, now they didn't sell the PPE, the distribution of the PPE, which is exactly the problem, right? So, even though they were instructed by the UK government to start mobilising PPE, surprise, would be remarkable enough and then it goes in, they have a few other legal disputes. But this is the point. Why is a private company employed to handle the distribution of our PPE that is there specifically for use in a global pandemic? I, I'm not joking. This to me is madness. It is an a, the, a demonstration of the lunacy of the free market, of capitalism at its worst. We have built an, an enormous warehouse in Merseyside. I'm assuming it's because it's in the middle of the country. You can get to everywhere. Middle of the of the of of, of Britain, not not Ireland, obviously. Well, actually close to Ireland, so maybe that's a part of the, the thinking as well. I don't know. 
and we're going to hand we're going to hand that over to a private American healthcare because the American healthcare is just fantastic and you know all their people are are loving their system, aren't they? No, they're fucking not. I could go on about that. I follow that quite closely. The disaster. I wouldn't let an American company anywhere. I wouldn't let them feed my cat. I don't have a cat. If I did have a cat, I wouldn't let them feed it. So this company, Movianto, are in charge of the UK's PPE supply. Now we've got Operation Cygnus, Exercise Cygnus in 2016, in which literally they prepared for a global flu-like pandemic coming from the Far East, brought in by travellers, declared a pandemic by the WHO. It's literally what we're going through. Literally what we're going through. And they did nothing. If it was 20 years ago, I would forgive them. Well, I wouldn't. But if it was 20 years ago, I would think about it. But it's not. It was four years ago. Three and a half years ago. Here's my point. Operation Cygnus, Exercise Cygnus, warns us that if this happens, uh, the NHS is fucked. And the government, who are in charge, do nothing. Now, the reason that they do nothing is because it's an ideological choice. You must understand this. They chose to do nothing. They believe in the free market. They believe in no government. They believe in not doing this. They genuinely believe that this is the best way to deal with things. Even though it's demonstrably not. This company, who... Th th those words terrify me. Um, outsourced to a private company. It's, it, when does that ever fucking work? I'm asking you. You tell me. Because I, ca I can't find an example of it work. I can't find an example of it being better. Now... And then the government and, and, and so on and so forth. So they did nothing. You said so. They're on the news. Every time they talk about this, they, they, they start their sentences with "No one could see this coming. No one could see this coming." We we now know that's bullshit, right? And then they go, "How are we supposed? We can't." Da, 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 right? I have in my hands evidence. Uh, number one, Your Honor. What I have. Does anybody know what this is? I'm sure you do. For those of you that are listening to this on a podcast, I'm holding up a little magazine that you get, a little booklet that you get from Liddles every week. You know, if you want to go horse riding or scuba diving or think about jumping out of an airplane with a parachute, where do you get your parachute? Little, obviously. First, first choice. They sell everything, don't they? Fantastic. We've hit a heat wave, not today, not this past couple, but today, yesterday, the day before, not so good, but the past two or three weeks, this whole, this whole um, lockdown that we've been on, we've been pretty much, we've been blessed with the weather, and thank God for that, and from Sunday on, apparently next week, another 20 degrees plus, right? This, today, so yesterday is Thursday. And you can buy all these special bits and pieces and little on a Thursday, as you probably know this. What have they got in? Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain this because if you're listening to this, you'll not see this, but if you're 
if you are listening to this, you know you can you can watch this on YouTube. I'm I film this as well. What do they got? Barbecue equipment. Or you can go. There's a nice three burner gas barbecue for a mere hundred and seventy nine pounds ninety nine British pence. Silvercrest three in one barbecue smoker with, with combines as a smoker with a tabletop stand fifty nine pound. There's a pizza stone barbecue tools. Uh, patio furniture, patio furniture, ice cream maker, smoothie maker, patio furniture, parasol, patio gas burner, uh, gazebo, patio chair, flowers and plants. That's what little have got in. They planned this. Right? Now, from last year, or the year before, or maybe the year before that, we're going to make sure we've got all this stuff for sale. For when the weather changes. Now, how they predicted the weather was going to change in this country, I have no idea. But they did. Probably did, I guess. But to be fair, they got it right. So it can be done. And that's my fucking point. It can be done. If it can be done by little... Can it not be done by the British government? Really? If Lidl can stock 600 plus stores, whatever it is they have across the UK, full of patio furniture, barbecues and fucking ice cream makers, that, that land just <clears throat> as we hit a heat wave. Are you seriously telling me that we can't make sure that the NHS and the staff and the PPE that everybody needs to not fucking die can't be provided. Don't tell me we can't, because we can. And whenever these ministers go on TV and they say, no one can see this coming. Yes, they did see it coming and they chose to do nothing. And understand that word. Please understand that word. Chose. They chose. It was a choice. These pretty Patels, Matt Hancock's, Boris Johnson's, Rishi Sunak, who no one ever heard of until about fucking 10 minutes ago. These people are neoliberal, free market libertarians. They don't believe in government. And they're in government. Right? They come from the hard right, Ayn Rand version of capitalism. The market will provide the market will bring all the answers. Clearly it won't. So, there we go. Now, that's my take on that. I hope you agree. If you don't, that's fine. If you do, awesome. Now, one of the things I think that we need to understand, the reason I care so much about this is uh, there's for, uh, beyond the obvious. There's all, we we love the NHS. It is, and we don't want people. We don't want people to die. And you know, if, this is why we care. Okay, I could give. I could care less about the fucking stock market, but that's another story. So, one of the reasons that I personally care so deeply is, I believe. And this, again, this isn't hyperbole. I believe the NHS is the greatest thing that humankind has ever done. And I mean that sincerely. Take your pyramids, take your crown jewels, take your 
landing on the moon. They don't even come close to comparing to the greatness of the NHS and the promise of it, what it is. Think about it, 1946, post-World War II, country didn't have a pot to piss in. They get rid of the war, the premier, and they elect um, uh, a Labour government and the first thing they do is enact the welfare state spearheaded by the NHS. This is massive. This is a huge thing. They, they, these are these are are, are ideas and uh, are concepts like the Magna Carta, you know, the the Bill of Rights. The, the NHS tops all of those, right? The idea that we should collectively contribute to the welfare of our fellow citizens from cradle to grave and we're going to pay for it through our collective taxes. This is what we're going to do. This is a massive jump. This is a huge leap in consciousness. And I think it is, it is, it is, it is one, it is the greatest, I, I, like I said, I think it's the greatest human achievement. I really do. It's never fulfilled its promise. It's always been under attack. The Tories voted against it back then and are continuing to attack it today, 70 years later. But, and have in that entire interim, despite what they said, despite Margaret Thatcher saying that they would, you know, you can't, you can't, talk, you can't, you know, hands off the NHS. She didn't fucking mean it. Um, But she understood that it is a prize. It is the crown jewel. It is the real crown jewel. Now, I want to see United Ireland myself, and I want to see an Irish NHS. That's my goal. I want to see the, what the NHS could have been. I want to see that for Ireland, across the island. That's my personal ambition. I think if we could do that, we would have a United Ireland very quickly. But this is why, it, and, and the reason that I care, I mean, although um, it, it is... It is a British institution, and it it is the British institution, the biggest employer in the world. In the world, did you know that? The biggest single employer in the world. Um, sometimes you have to look outside. What do other people looking in think of what's going on here? Okay, to get an idea of what's going on, because the reality is you're not being you're not being um told the full story. The British. The deaths from COVID-19 in Britain look like they're going to be the highest in the world outside of America. What have both of those countries got in common? They didn't fucking attack this when they had the opportunity to. When the WHO <clears throat> warned what was coming, and they also gave advice of what to do because we had the, the Chinese response, South Korean response, Vietnamese response, and, the, and New Zealand. They have now declared it, it it's gone. They're opening it up again. A few short weeks, that's all it took. And uh, we're bracing for a second wave of it. But anyway, so I want to read another little article. Um again, this is this is from the, the Sydney Herald. Sydney Morning, Sydney Morning Sydney Morning Herald, I think it's called. And it's about it's it's looking from an Australian perspective. The first part of the article is about the US, but we're not worried about that. I want to read you a little bit about uh, their view in Britain. So, so now consider Britain, 
where we've learned already the tragic death toll could be 40% higher than we've been told. Remember what I was saying in the last one? Because of the the care home deaths weren't being recorded and people dying at home wasn't being recorded. You could choose so many telling moments here, but mine was when the health secretary, Matt Hancock, decided to pick a fight with Premier League footballers who'd been reluctant to take a pay cut, almost certainly to deflect from his own government's feelings, almost certainly, don't, don't even go there. Sure, there are valid criticisms, criticisms to be made of players, but these are the same players who are donating millions of pounds into a special fund for the NHS, all of which raises a question that might be easy to overlook in Britain, which it seems to be, which seems obvious from here. Why the hell is Britain relying relying on footballers to fund the NHS? Ta-da! There you go. What? There we go. At least part of the answer must be a decade of funding cuts in the name of austerity. The idea that the NHS should simply be slimmed down to a safety net, a choice, a choice, looks pretty stupid. Once you start seeing the NHS staff making ventilators out of snorkels, if only Britain was part of the EU's bulk purchasing of ventilators, EU haven't covered themselves in glory either, but did better than us, as it is still entitled to be. Unfortunately, it chose not to be for reasons that keep changing. First, because it's not in the EU, and then because of a communications error, and then because of a political decision before that last explanation was even retracted. So on, so forth. Right, this stuff is... When you see other people looking in and, and, and reporting clearly because, you know, it's staggering. Now, I don't know what the reporting on the shit in Australia is like for Australians it might be just as bad but we have a terrible terrible media <clears throat> so just on that idea <clears throat> pardon me just on that idea that when you're looking out in what is your perception of what's going on because we're supposed to be a global player. We're in the G7. We're supposed to be one of the big the big dogs at the table. As Bill Hicks says, once you once you get past the top three, there's a pretty big fucking drop-off. I believe that. Um, so just here, bear with me. I know these are only, these are, I'm going to read you out some tweets, and they're only just that. They're just tweets from, and, but it's perception. What do people think? What do they see looking in? What are we, and, and then from it, you can... You can tap an idea of what we're not being told. You can mine a con- this concept. This rea- that, is this the reality? What is it we're not being told? And here we go. So these are some tweets. So I don't know what the question was, but I'm going to read you the answer. So true. Here in Poland, which has the shittiest of shittiest health systems, 449 deaths as compared to 20,000 hospital deaths in the UK. Looking like a news from the UK, like some sort of weird old-time Soviet propaganda. Ah! That's massive. Do you understand what that means? Our media is not, is not your friend. Indeed, I moved back to the UK from the Far East last week, and most people over here have watched this like a slow-motion car crash. Aghast. Maria Dugan. My friends in Ireland and Australia are similarly concerned and outraged. A disaster is unfolding in the UK. Politicians driven by ideology, choice, 
That's choice. And lacking competence have silenced the scientists. The population is supine, stunned by hardship and easily manipulated. <laughs> That's it. Ten years of austerity. Ten years. Run it down, run it down, run it And eventually, take it off them. This is where we are. No one saw it coming. Yes, they fucking did. The same people that created this fucking mess saw this coming and chose to do nothing about it. Don't forget that word. Chose. They chose. I'll go on. Some of these are staggering. There's loads of them. I'm not going to read them all. Um, Lucy Gabbiano. Sounds Italian. Italian flag. There we go. My relatives in the UK are still giving me news about how bad things are here in Italy. Looking at the BBC, BBC coverage in these weeks, I see why they truly don't see the horror happening around them. Janie for Europe. Janie Sands. Little European flag there, so it gives you an idea of her political ideology going into this. But I'm a Brit living in Hungary. I've been watching the news daily, absolutely aghast at what is happening. I speak to friends in the UK who actually think the government have done a good job. I'm totally bewildered by this. We're going to have the second highest death count on the planet behind the US. And the government have done a good job. PPE, the, the, the distribution centre sold in the middle of the pandemic. Done a good job. You know we have nationalisation. The government can come in and take that. We, there, there's nothing chose they chose we can do this they chose not to word of the day children Th this is the one that got me now this is the one that got me i'm going to stop with this one uh somebody he tweeted a headline from the guardian so also, this is staggering, right? In case you missed it, the mayor of Bergamo in Italy brought his daughters home from the UK because he felt they were safer in the in, in Bergamo. And there's a headline from the Guardian to verify the tweet. That is just fucking unbelievable. And we're... You listen to the news today. What is the government's priority? Getting the economy back opened, opening the country back up. We're gonna we're talking about opening the country back up before we've got our PPE supply sorted out. We're talking about opening the opening the country back up, looking at certain businesses. We can do this. We can do. We're going to get a second wave of this. We're going to get a second wave of this. Don't think we're not, Un unless we do it right. We could follow New Zealand's example. I know we can't use New Zealand as an example, but as a direct comparison, two different populations, New Zealand's more sparsely populated, etc., etc. But you can't tell me that New Zealand, Vietnam, South Korea, contact tracing, um, isolation, quarantine, these measures, hard lockdown, worked. They worked in those countries. You take it... People are using Sweden as an example because Sweden have gone down a different route. They've gone down a more sort of voluntary bit wishy-washy. So as you can't compare New Zealand with the UK because of the population and the population density. But you can compare. If you're going to, com you, you're going to compare Sweden, who would you compare them to? 
other Scandinavian countries, Denmark, Norway and Finland. Sweet. Denmark, Norway and Finland have gone down a more, a harder lockdown, a harder quarantine approach. Sweden is is the country that hasn't and they have the most deaths. Just take a look at that. So Sweden have more deaths than Norway, Finland and Denmark. The other Scandi countries. So if you're going to compare like for like, that's what you're going to compare. You know, right? Because I threw this up on Facebook a while ago and a friend of mine said, you can't compare New Zealand with the UK because of... Okay, Auckland's pretty well... Um, um, pretty densely populated. It's a, it's a, a major... It's a, a capital city. Six deaths. Jacinta... I, God forgive me, I keep forgetting her name. Um, has declared... Uh, the the virus is gone from New Zealand. There's no more there's no more cases being detected. Lockdown, quarantine, testing, and contact tracing. That's what they did. They followed the WHO's advice from day one. We did not. We are sitting on twenty thousand and rising deaths. Six deaths, twenty thousand. Six deaths, twenty thousand. Don't fucking give me that. You can't compare. You can't compare. You can compare the approach. You can compare the approach. And the difference in the approach has clearly made the difference. Clearly. If you say it hasn't, it's a it's a it's a you're politically motivated. So there we go. I'm gonna call this. All done. To the next one. Uh don't forget, by the way, anybody watching this, anybody listening to this, um, you can follow us on YouTube. It's on the Bonneville's channel. I film this and put it out. I'm wearing a baseball cap because my hair is an absolute fucking travesty. I'm not a haircut in things like years. And yeah. Well, I wear a baseball cap most of the time anyway, a lot of the time, but there we go. So um, don't forget, tomorrow night, I'm doing uh, a live stream on. The Facebook page Sunday night on the Instagram page eight o'clock Lurgan eight 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 p.m. Lurgan o'clock, whatever that is BST GM I don't know changes doesn't it? So uh, and don't forget like share follow tell your friends join in and uh, I'll uh, I'll see you tomorrow night on Facebook Sunday night on Instagram and we'll do another podcast next week. Okay, so that's it. I'm gonna call it. Um, I hope you got something out of that. Um, remember that word, choice. Choice to be made here. Um, so, music recommends, let's get into this. This week is going to be the letter F. So, yeah, music recommends. I went in and looked at it from my vinyl collection, and I went in and looked, and there was a few, and they were really good. They were, they were great albums, but there was one band that stood out in particular, so I just lifted all their, their records that I have of theirs. And uh, I keep hitting this guy, Ty Seagal. So this this week is, or this podcast is a letter F for Ty Seagal's band. Fuzz.
Can you see that? So, as I said to you, I think I recommended a Thai cigar. I did because it was letter T last week, or the last podcast. So, these go out on, this is in the Red Records. I thought it was Castle Face. The, the live, okay. So the studio albums go out on In The Red. So I've got two studio albums from Fuzz. Fuzz and Fuzz 2. And they're both amazing. Uh, there's... Uh, Fuzz 2, I remember I was saying the uh, Ty's um, albums are... They're really nice slabs. They're really thick card and heavy vinyl and... Well, that, well, that's true here as well. So, check those out. Fuzz and Fuzz 2, both gatefold. This is a, Fuzz 2 is a double. This isn't a double. The first one is a single. Get whatever you like. They're both fantastic. Um, there's a song called, I don't know which one it's on. I think it's on the first one. Yeah, anyway. There's a song called Earth and Gate. I fucking love that song. It's so good. So check that out. Now, if you want something a little different, I may have recommended this before because it is one of my favourite live albums. I've got a I'm not huge into live albums, but when when they're done really well, they're my god, they're hard to beat. And this is one of those. This is Fuzz Live in San Francisco. Okay. So this is recorded at um Call the place. Uh, I was recorded at some leather bar in San Francisco on 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 a Tascam tape, a real to real Tascam tape unit. I love that. It kind of tickles me, but it's a fucking brilliant live album. It's really really good. I think I would like to do. I would like for the Bonnevilles to do another live album eventually. Although the last one was fine, it was okay. The live in Belfast. I like it. I'm happy with it. But I think we could do it better. So I think the next one will... The task camp 388. That was it. So uh, the next one we'll probably try and do something like that. And, uh, yeah. Although we've no plans. So there you go. So Fuzz. F's. Fuzz. Fuzz 1. Fuzz 2. And Life. Fuzz Life in San Francisco. See what I mean with his... How prolific he is. I think I've got about four Ty Seagal albums. I'm not even close to having half of them. I'm not joking. The man is he's a he's stupidly prolific. Um he must just spend all day writing and recording. And then he's released a a live a, a thing that he, he's recorded four tracks, four cover versions in uh, in 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 quarantine self quarantine. He released those the other day on just jumped them on the Bandcamp or whatever. Unbelievable. Me and Chris are still talking about doing it. By the way, yeah, we are. So Chris and I are talking about doing some uh, a recording session so we can do it remotely. I can send him up some stuff. He can send it back. I can, I can mix it all here in my studio. So we're going to try. Hopefully I'll have something this week uh, with that there. We'll see. So there we go. Anyway, I'm going to call it. All done. Stay well, bros and sisters. Like, share, subscribe, all that shit. And uh, we'll catch you. We'll catch you on uh, Facebook Live tomorrow night, eight o'clock, and Instagram Live Sunday night.
Take care. Love y'all. Yeah.